0: The audio quality on this podcast is not going to be great. I'm not in the studio. I'm in my living room with the TV on mute, uh, watching uh, the press conference of the new president elect to figure out the effects on the market and all that kind of stuff in the short term. But for you audio nerds out there who have noticed the increase in quality, Since I've been using podcast Mansfield Studios, shout out to Steve Uh, Casillo. Just bear with me. 17 minutes, great information. Don't, Don't nerd out about it. Don't shoot me any emails. I understand the audio quality is not as great. Just listen for the content, please. It's great stuff. This is a special episode. I did a virtual workshop for the Southwest Dallas chapter of Delta Sigma Theta over the weekend. Called financial planning during a pandemic, and there were some good questions asked um, during the at the end of the session. I got to answer most of the questions, but um, I, I didn't get. It, I was not able to cover some. So these are all the questions that was asked, including the ones that was that I was not able to cover. I'm doing it specifically for um, for the attendees. There's a lot of attendees. They did a really good job uh, organizing that. Uh, sh- Uh, Shout out to Catherine and Ashley, but um, let's go ahead and answer these questions. I'm sure if they had them, then my other listeners might have them, and I could hit the questions that were not uh, uh, addressed during the workshop. So first question, uh, Philip, what are your suggestions for my 87-year-old mother with $50,000 to invest, and she doesn't want anything risky? Well, that, that answer is with more context uh, than even on Saturday either answer. She shouldn't invest it, especially if she's 87. That, that assumes that she's been good for retirement. She's not running out of money. Uh, there's no reason for her to invest the 50 grand. She can just keep it in bank uh, and let it, you know, let it um, let it earn the little interest that it does earn. Now, if the question was asked, Hey, you know my grandmother is 87 she doesn't need it this money is really for her great grandkids uh, and she wants it to grow for the future then that's easy now we're not looking at her time frame we're looking at the time frame of the grandkids which uh, relatively younger and so that maybe we could build a diversified portfolio of stocks and bonds to invest for their long-term financial independence uh, but that wasn't a question so I, I'm without again a lot of background on anything else, I would, I would go with the first option. Don't worry about investing in, in, in that example, if it's for the grandmother and she's super risk averse. Next question, what are some of the best ways to plan ahead from birth for college tuition for your children? So this question I've answered like many times in the podcast before, is my thoughts on college education planning. A couple different principles to understand. I think the education system is broken. I think, you know, I'm a big believer in lifelong education, so I'm not bashing learning. I just think what we pay for what we get in traditional college is no longer relevant. It was it was literally built for like, um, you know, factory jobs, right? That's what school system is built on for factory jobs, and we're in a whole new economy. Uh, you you I know. A lot of people with master's degrees that are underpaid or unemployed in a lot of instances, and so <clears throat> it needs to be redone. And so, uh, the so that's kind of one aspect of it. The other aspect so aspect of it is it's, it's way too expensive. And then the 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 current investments in the marketplace that are specifically for college are too restrictive because if you if if the educational institution is not qualified um by their definition, then you got to pay taxes and penalties to take your money out and you, and you lose you lose all the tax benefits and then you get hit with that penalty. So I'm like, hey, here's the deal. I know roughly how much it costs today to educate uh, my kids in the traditional system so I need I use that as a target goal uh, but then we just put money into regular investment accounts like a, a brokerage account which is like it's, not, it's like a Base investment account. It's not an IRA. It's not a college plan. It's just a regular investment account. It's in our name. We put money in it. It could be used for us or for them later. But we have the target goal, and in that way, if they get to college when, they, when it's time for them to go to higher education, um, uh, if it's if it's a new system that doesn't qualify under the education plan investment vehicle rules, we got the money for it if they get a scholarship, and we're still in traditional model, uh, then we can use the money for other things, like maybe like buying a rental property or invest in the first business. If they decide, hey, I want to go to college, I want to start a business, we got money for that. So it's flexible. You know, downside is you don't don't get the tax benefits of the vehicles that are traditionally used for college funding, but I'm cool uh, cool with flexibility because there's so much uncertainty in that area uh, in the first place. So uh, that's my thoughts on college plans for kids. Next question, how do I properly invest my money when I go to college? Should I start while I'm in high school? Oh, so this was this was a question from um, somebody in high school. i don't I don't have any context around what they're investing for or anything. So here's just my assumption in general for young folks getting started investing. I'm like just just invest. I, it, it doesn't really matter where, how. Let your curiosity lead you down whatever path you want, and just learn. Because the cool thing about being young is you have time, and so um, uh, and you can make a lot of mistakes before you have to get things right. So just invest. Right. Um, there's lots of apps out there. Do your research. I don't, I don't want to recommend any of them. Uh, on the podcast, uh, but uh, start, talk to, you know, talk to your parents, talk to uncles, aunties who invest, uh, get their advice, get their opinions, talk to people who are successful in what they're doing, uh, and then, then to start there. Um, and again, you know, after, you know, let's assume you're 16, by the time you're 26, you, you're going to have lots of experience investing and and you'll know enough of what to do and what not to do to become a successful investor starting at 26, and then you are like light years ahead of most other people. Um, So just get started. Next question, how much does it cost to invest? There's apps where you can invest your spare change, so not that much money. You can invest with literally like your spare change, so no reason to not get started. Next question, what are the benefits of a Roth IRA? and when should you get one and what's the minimum investment? So easiest answer is minimum investment is easy. I just answered it in the previous question. You can There's apps where you can start a Roth IRA and invest your spare change. There's a maximum, those rules change annually based on the IRS limits. So just Google Roth IRA contribution limits, go to the IRS site, it'll let you know that number. Um, the benefits is a Roth IRA, when you take money out in retirement, uh, it's all tax-free. The growth you made plus the money you put in, you pull it out tax-free, which is different than traditional IRAs and regular 401k plans where when you take that money out, you pay taxes uh when you take it out. Um, you know, the trade-off is the traditional IRA or the regular 401k, when you put money in it, you get to write that off. So for example, if you make a hundred thousand, if you put five thousand into an IRA, you get to take. 95000 off your income, which means you don't have to pay tax on that 5000 when you put it in there, but they're going to come back and get their taxes later. A Roth, you don't get that tax write-off on the front end, but you get uh, everything that you pull out tax-free later under current rules. So I like it. It's going to be the option that you love when you're retired. Um, it's not going to be as big of a benefit to you today, but delayed gratification is a good thing in a lot of areas, and especially in retirement planning. Next question: What are your thoughts about cryptocurrency? So, um, it's nuanced, right? So, I, I, I think I think cryptocurrency, personally, you know, is the future. It's a new financial system being built by people who know the current financial system is broken. Um, that being said, I think if you don't have a understanding of technology and or economics, and I mean a deep level of understanding economics, I think you should stay away from it uh, because it's just a wild, wild west and you can lose a lot of money and it's not, there's no guarantees in any investments and this is definitely like a wild, wild west. So um, I think if you're interested in it, start studying economics, uh, get a deep understanding of it, understand the technology of blockchain and how those two intersect because that is cryptocurrency. Next question if you've hit financial hardship due to a loss of a job, uh, where should you start to prepare for retirement or even investing? I think if you lost a job, don't worry about investing for retirement. Focus on figuring out how to make some money. There's lots of ways to make money in this new economy. Uh, lots of people, and I did a podcast episode, uh, I think the two, two episodes ago, uh, I released it this past Friday on um, podcasting, making money. people on YouTube making lots of money. Um, Amazon, you know, selling stuff as an Amazon seller, like getting a Shopify store account, um, mowing lawns. Uh, there's lots of ways to make money. I would just focus on like making money right now, and then once you're able to breathe and you your your expense your income can cover your expenses, then go back to thinking about investing. But right now, it's offense. Make some money. Um, Do you have advice on stocks for a first-time college investor? Same advice I gave the high schooler. Just start. Next question. In this time of the pandemic, a lot of money has been saved. What is the best option for this money, investment or annuities? Um, The answer to that question is it's really difficult to give an answer to that question without context of what your goals are, what your time frame is, what's your risk tolerance. So an answer that I'm spinning into this question is, in order to answer the question, uh, in order to determine how to invest, you need to know those things. Risk tolerance, time frame, uh, what's your goal? Uh, very, very important. Um, if you don't know that, tough to answer to invest. As far as like an annuity, I'm not a big fan of annuity for a whole lot of reasons, but the biggest reason is, it, is, um, it doesn't allow you to build multi-generational wealth. right? So, so what happens with an annuity? I like to use an analogy. So uh, imagine you have a tree in the backyard that's spitting out fruit and take care of a tree, provides the fruit that your family eats all year. Uh, what an annuity does is said, hey, hey, you. Um, an insurance company t- goes and uproots your tree. They take it and they send you fruit in the mail every year for your family to eat or every month or whatever. Uh, and then when you die, insurance company keeps your tree and your the generations of your family doesn't get it. Unlike a tree in the property that your family owns, it produces fruits for generations, right? So that's why I don't love annuities. They, they have their goal in specific niche situations, uh, but in general, I'm not a fan of annuities. Next question How do we get a complimentary? Oh, oh never mind. I answered that question. Uh, well, I answered. The question was How do we get a complimentary retirement portfolio review? Go to my website, StonehillWealthManagement.com. I have it on there. Uh, next question. What are the pros and cons of annuities? Um, I just kind of answered my thoughts on annuities, but um, again, the pro is you, don't, you, you, give them, you give the insurance company a pile of money, they send you a relatively safe and secure paycheck every single month. You don't have to worry about uh, creating that income source in an investment portfolio they send it to you and the insurance company will guarantee to pay you that money uh, every month for whatever set period of time you guys agree on. Um, so it's easy. Downside, it's not great for building generational wealth. And I'm about building generational wealth. And so a lot of my clients, so I'm just not a fan of it. Next question, Is is there still a holding period on the Roth IRA, which they're asking the length of time it has to be in a Roth IRA? No, there is not a holding period. If I understand the question right, meaning you can put money in there and leave it in there as long as you want to. Next question, do you think as a beginner, mutual funds will be better? Uh, I like mutual funds as a, as a beginner um, because it's a lot of them are well-diversified. Again, there's so many mutual funds though. Like There's something like over 60,000 mutual funds. Um, and, and, and as far as stocks, over 20,000 stocks. So there's more mutual funds than stocks. So there's lots more options and you can still lose money in mutual funds. But in general, Mutual funds provide uh, diversification, um, more diversification of individual stocks, but you still gotta do your research. So, so, so yes, in general, I think most people should start with mutual funds, um, but you gotta make sure you select, right. Uh, again, if this is a college student or a uh, high school student just starting out, just start investing, like learn. Um, um, yeah, last question. Do you believe that endowments are a way to build the financial stability of nonprofit groups? Um, it depends on what stage a nonprofit group is. So in general, no, like if I'm thinking of most nonprofits that aren't set up um, by um, colleges or educational institutions or really, really rich families in general, no. But if you have like a rich family who's giving you a, boatload of money, like a lot of money, um, or you're a big education, educational institution, then maybe. Here's how to think about an endowment, right? So, you know how we like save money and put away money for retirement. You know, if you want to if you want to replace 100 grand a year of income, you need something like two million dollars today. So most of us spend our life saving for that two million. Once you get the two million, the two million can spit off 100 grand a year of income to replace the income that. In this example, somebody was needing to uh, replace so they don't have to work anymore. So an endowment, you need to have a big enough pile of money to pay the expenses of the nonprofit, right? That's what an endowment does. So let's say you got a nonprofit that has expenses of a million dollars a year to pay staff, buildings, programs, all that kind of stuff. You need a huge pile of money to earn enough money and interest to cover um, those expenses in, in perpetuity. And so endowments are typically for larger, Institutions doesn't mean you can't start um, growing one now. Um, but again, I don't know enough background about the nonprofit I'm talking about. But most nonprofits are uh, raising money to cover just day-to-day living expenses. But once you have, you know, lots of donations coming in and you have extra money coming in, then maybe you think about an endowment. Um, good, good way to be thinking though. I like the higher level thinking on that question. Um. So, those are the questions. I wanted to answer them uh, for the folks that didn't get to have those questions answered. And again, share it with the listeners that did not get a chance to attend uh, the presentation. Presentation was great, so if you missed it, I'm sorry. Um, it was a great presentation. Uh, check out the, that, that chapter does things that are, I believe like quarterly, they have lots of good financial education. It's the Southwest chapter, Southwest Dallas chapter of Delta Sigma Theta. Um, y'all enjoy your week. If you're interested in having a review of your portfolio or to see how far on track you are with your retirement goals, Philip offers complimentary consults through his company, Stonehill Wealth Management. For more information, log on to stonehillwealthmanagement.com forward slash talk. That's stonehillwealthmanagement.com forward slash talk.